Bidulao. Watch your back, watch your back. A chance is gonna get you. Watch your back, watch your back. A chance is gonna get you. Watch your back. Watch your back. Oh, there's a chance is coming from Hello there. Good evening. Hi, Douglas. How are you doing, Jules? I'm good. Good. How was your week? Very chill, actually. We've we've got a couple of holidays this week, and last week was also kind of winding down for me. So nice, nice and easy. Awesome. That's How about the you? Way it should be. Mm-hmm. Same. I mean, I have some holiday time off. Today is happy. Halloween, actually. Ooh. Happy Halloween. All those ghosts going to haunt us today. Yeah, you might hear some strange noises in the background, but uh, don't be alarmed. Yeah, I never was too alarmed, but now that they're Basque cases, <laughs> <laughs> they seem closer. <laughs> okay. So today we're drinking Aizalde, which is uh, Chacoli from Guitaria. Mm-hmm. So Aizalde... We looked that up, and it's a place of uh, name place. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't find it in a map, so it's probably like a farm. Could mm. be somebody's name. And uh, well, I, Alde is like the side of or next to something, so it, it, you know it could be something like uh, what did we say it was? Like maybe a cliff, cliff. next to a cliff or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it could be something like that. But yeah, Alde is another one like Mendia, which occur in lots of place names. So easy to recognize mm-hmm. best surnames with Alde. And it's, I have to say, quite a nice one. I know. It is nice. Yeah. It's kind of um, spumoso, like um, bubbly, bubbly. Bubbly, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, reminds me of Vinho Verde from Portugal. Oh. So quite acidic, very summery, a little bit bubbly. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, quite a good one for summer, I'd say, in general. Yeah. Unlike tonight on Hallow's Eve. Hallow's Eve, very rainy it's for us. It's a dark us. and stormy night. Indeed. <laughs> very appropriate. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's appropriate. We've had very hot weather for a while, so now the rain has come. So yeah. let's see how long this lasts, because if y'all don't know anything about the Basque Country, it rains a it lot. It rains, it rains. We have beautiful green mountains. Uh, thanks to that, mm-hmm. as I always point out to people. Mm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. If you don't like the rain, you don't like green mountains. So, Yeah, either or, or uh, you know, you have to have both. You yeah. can't have either or. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Well, cheers. Cheers, babes. I don't have a clinky glass because I'm on a boring beer. <laughs> Just the IPA from uh, from Yak. Kima Valley, which we've talked about before from San Miguel. So we won't mm. repeat. We won't yeah. repeat. Okay. So um, shall we get right into the story? Yes. And today we're continuing a story. Mm-hmm. So we, if you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to that so you can get the, the full story. Mm-hmm. His last name, his surname is Garayo. Garayo, right. And I've been calling him Sacamantecas, or that's what he's known as. Oh, yeah. And then I've added the boogeyman of Alaba. Sacamantecas, it's true. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when we last left off, Garayo had killed four women 
and his cooling off period between the murders had been getting shorter and shorter. Yeah, a bit erratic, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he, like, started late in life, too. True. As we said. And yeah. then uh, would take, like, a year off between murders. But towards the end of the first part of the um, story, he mm. was getting was getting shorter and shorter. Yes. Be like a month apart or something. Um, and after, you know, he killing those four, he had attacked two other women who managed to escape from him. So. Yes. And the last one had recognized him and just told people that he, you know. I remember. I'm still irritated she didn't find a way to denounce him. You know, it was the village. They all knew each other. She was like, oh, he was drunk. He was just, I don't know what, didn't know what he was doing. You know, women make excuses for men all the time. Tell me about it. <laughs> Can you guys stop? <laughs> <laughs> it's for our own safety. Douglas. Yeah, as if it was your fault. <laughs> Jesus, right? Or whatever. We're Anyways. just trying to survive us women out there. We're all. <laughs> We're all trying to survive. Okay, so um, so it wasn't until November 1st, 1878, so four years after his previous failed attack on this last woman, mm. that he ended up striking again. Oh. So it must have freaked him out, you know, to have been recognized by this last victim. Good. At you know, least... so maybe he was just like, ooh, that was too close. Yeah, some close decency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, for that long of a cooling off period, it just seems like he was probably freaked out. So on this occasion, Garayo visited a mill on the outskirts of Vitoria or, um, Gasteis. How they... picturesque mills and beautiful landscape. Yes. In the Iberian Peninsula. <laughs> Sounds like a trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was, you know, he went to this mill because, uh, He'd been to this place previously and found out that there was a, a female cooking there alone. Oh, my gosh. She's name... scoping out girls again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her name was Angela Armien... Armentia. Armentia. De las Trianas. Mm, interesting. So they chatted for a bit before he you know, attacked her. Tried to strangle her, but like his previous two victims, uh, she was able to overpower him. Okay. Oh, he was 57 by this time. So, you know, he's not a young, no. young buck, but he's still working like as a farm yeah. hand. So he's probably got pretty good muscular. Indeed. You know. Yeah. Everything was very physical those days. You know? Yeah. So I'm sure, I'm sure he, he was strong up. and yeah, tough guy. Depends how many farm hands he had to help him, but yeah. Doesn't seem like a totally well-off guy. No, no, he was definitely mm. more the labor than mm-hmm. he would be the boss of anything. Mm-hmm. So he was forced to retreat and get out of there. So, but unlike his previous two surviving victims, she did report him. Okay, finally. Mm-hmm. All that so suspense she, since the last time uh-huh. I wanted somebody to report him. <laughs> well, she did it. Okay, good. So she uh, did report him to the police, and he was finally arrested for this assault. Oh, my gosh. We so, got an arrest. Yeah, he got arrested for it. Yep. 1870s yep. or 80s. This is... Uh, 1878. 70s. Oh, my gosh. Finally, something's getting done. Yep. <laughs> wait for it. What do you think he got? Oh, no. As a punishment for trying oh, to yeah. kill a woman. What do you think? Take a guess. Slap in a fist. <laughs> <laughs> close you got two months in prison 
two months. For trying to murder someone. Let's hope it was winter and it was cold and horrible. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, those, uh, let's see, was it winter? I mean, November. When... Yeah, oh, so good. it would have been cold. Bit of suffering, let's hope. Yeah, so well, hopefully, yeah, he was cold. And... Gastez is cold. And it does get cold. Yes, definitely, little, in the l- winter. little cultural piece of information. Mm-hmm. Our our nickname for Vittoria is, is Siberia Gastez. Siberia Gastez. I've never heard that. Have you not? No. That's what everybody says. Where are you from? I'm from, from Vittoria. Vittoria? Oh, Siberia Gastez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it is like geographically pretty flat, or it's like a, in a very big valley. It's also very high. So there's a lot of wind coming through there. Yeah. It's, yeah, high altitude. It's like three, four hundred meters high at least, mm. and uh, in the middle of a very high plateau. Which, mm. yeah, here and whatever surrounds us, it makes it quite cold in general. Yeah, in winter, mm. it's cold. So maybe he did suffer a little bit. A little bit. I mean, it, we can. I, I'm sure you know he was only connected to that case. Unfortunately, no yeah. DNA, no way to link him to the others. So kind of understandable that he got away with it i mean yeah but it said he tried to strangle her i mean what's a bit of strangling in the <laughs> 1880s you know <laughs> god <laughs> <clears throat> well so do you think this prison time changed him oh my gosh i, I think mean, it made him see the error of his ways like you know i gotta stop attacking you, women you dropped some hints before so i know it's it's a no but <laughs> um you know you wish, you wish. Well, it did, but oh. not in the way that you think. <laughs> okay. So he was back at it. And on August 25th, 1879, so about a year later. Okay. Thank you for keeping count. I'm yep. terrible at dates. But, I mean, it was November. Now this is August. He spent the two months in prison, got out in January, and waited till August. And somewhat. Yeah. So while on the road from Vitoria to Castilla... He came across an old woman who was begging. He offered her money. And when she got closer to accept it, he pushed her off the road. And she, <laughs> yeah, and she hit her head on a rock. Oh, my gosh. So as he went to jump on her, um, she kicked him in the stomach and knocked him back Ten onto the ground. Yeah. So remember, he's an elderly guy, too. So, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's elderly abuse. But then she got back at it. <laughs> is that a term? Is that an official term? It's an official crime. It is elder abuse. Yeah. Oh well, no. I thought you meant like between two elders. Oh, it was no. like less important. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't think so, but maybe could be. No, I don't know. I don't know if you could get charged with elder abuse if you're also an elderly person. I mean, the, the only kind of understandable factor is that their punches are not as heavy. So yeah. maybe, but also an elderly person would feel a punch maybe more. Somewhere. Oh, I would think so. Because they're pre- take them a lot longer fragile to, yeah, to recover. Come back. Yeah. Oh my so, gosh. So yeah, so oh she gosh. did um, kick him in the stomach and knocked him um, backwards. Ten and points and for hit her. The ground. That's a good effort. And so she took that t- opportunity to get up and run from him. So she ran all the way back to Vitoria, screaming. Oh my gosh. So what do you think he did in response to this? I just want you to guess. I mean, I would have already moved cities so long ago <laughs> if I was in a killing, killing, killing spree. But 
Mm. He had a wife and probably a house already. Yeah, he was. He had stable job. He, he stayed there even after that first person recognized him. A second person, so he's just gonna go home. Well, he did something worse. He chased after her. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he chased after her, following her all the way back to her house. Oh my gosh! Yeah, she doesn't Scary, go to right? the freaking police. It's time to go to police, woman. So once he knew where she lived, he went home. <sighs> And then asked his wife, who was his wife at the time, Juana Ibisate. Ibisate. Ibisate, yeah. So the fourth one, still alive. Remember, he, his wives all die. Is it a fourth wife? This is the fourth wife. I think I missed one or two, but sure, we, we, we <laughs> broke from last episode. So, so he went to her um, and asked her to not to go to this woman mm-hmm. and ask her not to report him to the police. Sounds like a. Very often used technique from the 1880s. Yeah. Yeah. Get the wife involved. Okay. But can you imagine what, like, what the conversation was like? Honey, I have a big favor. Yeah. I pushed this old lady off of a bridge. And then she kicked me in the stomach. Can you believe that? She hit a head. Jesus. Her head's gotten hit. That's way She's worse. She's going to try that. to say I did something to her. Yeah. He probably painted it like he was some innocent victim. Aren't boys always innocent (laughs) until the police say they're not? (laughs) It turns out that um, she was pretty convincing when she went to speak to this woman. So she did do the favor for him. Oh, my gosh. And it also helped that she paid for her silence with 20 pesetas. Well, that's more than he wanted to pay last women he... The sex workers. He killed, so... So uh, I looked it up, like this amount in Wikipedia says that 20 pesetas is worth 80 reales, right? I think we went over this math before, but don't ask us again to do any math on the spot. Um, So yeah, like, yeah, like you said, he's been paying like three reales for, for sex work. Yeah. And then throws a fit when the woman wants at least five. Yeah. So he's pretty cheap bastard. He's gotten slightly Scareder, or there's a little bit more inflation. Or yeah, he's he's like, we can put this money, we can pay for this because I really don't want to go back to prison. Maybe prison was that bad. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he remembers those two months. Like I can't go back. Yeah. Good, good. Although, you know, there was this weird thing, and and actually, you did that tour with me too, right? We did the tour about uh, famous crimes in Bilbao. Mm-hmm. There was an interesting part for me. They were talking about prisons around about that time, I think, mm-hmm. in Bilbao. And of course, it would be quite different because here is a, a much larger city, Yeah. even in those days. But sort of the, one of the interesting things was like people were expected to pay for their own food, right? Yeah. They had to pay their way in prison. Yeah. yeah. And so if you weren't earning... That was a big problem. Yeah, if you were the only one earning money in the yeah. household. If you had some money, well, your wife could bring you food. But then, you know, so I, I'm sure that was enlightening. At least he realized staying in prison isn't free like it is no. today. Mm-mm. Costs some money, maybe less than 20 reales. So, or more than and 20 And I bet reales, it was I cold. Say. I bet it was cold. Yeah, Victoria Gastez. <laughs> <laughs> Or not Gasteis, uh, Siberia Gasteis. That's why Siberia they make. Gasteis. That's why they make the joke because Vitoria and Siberia sound similar. Ah, uh, mm. I just got that. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we ran got into it. this again. Got good, it. Good, good. Okay. His latest survivor has been silenced by his wife, 
who has assured the victim that he was going to be leaving town and, you know, offered her money in exchange for not going to the authorities. Good. This attack. Did you say who's leaving town? She, the wife had told the survivor Mm. that he was like, don't worry. He's getting, he's leaving town. He's not going to be in town because she told him he was going to go to the, he was going to head off to work in the, Somorostro mines. Oh, Somorostro I, mines. I've heard about that place. Mm-hmm. And so these these mines were near Muskith. Oh, so that's just northeast of us, hmm. like a fifteen minute and a, a train sort of thing, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, it has the beautiful um, Petronor refinery. Yeah, gorgeous petrochemical refinery there. Petrochemical refinery. I guess they produce gasoline or something. Yeah, I think it's a gas or yeah, uh, yeah. But it's a shame because that that town is really pretty. Mm. The beach is really pretty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that having that there, it stinks, and it's just an eyesore. Don't you think? It's it's enormously big. I've never smelt it stink, but it no, is. No, have you been to Muskith? I did go there, but only once. So maybe it stinks sometimes. The last time I went was this summer. And we went to the beach there. And yeah, just walking through to get from the train to the to the beach. Hmm. It was just stinky. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> Bilbao, well, Bilbao, the greater Bilbao, but everywhere in the Basque Country, really, it's a lot of mountains and little valleys. Mm-hmm. So the way I mostly remember this place is we get the highway and we go sort of west and it's just like a giant bridge right you kind of drive over that valley and you just see the whole gigantic uh refinery and it just occupies everything underneath the the highway Mm -hmm. yeah and it's just a terrible sight Mm -hmm. but at the same time next mountain boom beautiful green yeah everything's left behind i know and i think about that too like it's when you're driving over like on your way to santander right or to like mm-hmm. laredo and yeah all, all the northern there. coasts yeah mm-hmm. um and i always look at the mountains like the caserillos that are on the hillside mm-hmm. that have probably been there for a couple hundred years minimum yeah. you know the old farmhouses caserillos yeah yeah and when they built that thing like that just destroyed their view. Absolutely. Like, oh, sad. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I have a feeling that he also went off to work somewhere else because his wife was probably sick of his bullshit. Like, are you serious? I have to go talk to this lady. I mean, I like, hope. Get the hell out of here. I hope she had some weight in the conversation. Yeah. I can't imagine. Nah, but you know, fingers crossed. What can yeah. you ask for? Yeah. So he works in the mines for a bit, giving his wife, this time, a cooling off period from him. (laughs) In the mines. He actually went to the mines. Okay. Yeah. Um, But this this cooling off period didn't last long. So he headed back to Gasteis, Victoria, Mm. via the town of Saitegi. Okay. Saitegi. On September 7th, so only about a month later. He didn't like the mines. Yeah, probably was not his shtick. Probably talking about iron mines, since this is the most important export of Bilbao in the area. Mm. A lot of iron ore yeah. being being extracted. Probably. Pretty tough work, so yeah. I would imagine. Mr. Farmers. Mining in general seems mm. like a very tough job. Absolutely. 
Don't I wouldn't do it. I mean, what would we do? <laughs> what if it was, it was that or had to work in the mines or... 1880 jobs. Yeah, let's see what other jobs. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to just write. But... I work on a farm. Would they read our stuff? Oh, if you wrote? Mm, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I'd have wanna... to write under a man's name, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're getting into character. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what I would do. I'd probably just be... Uh... I mean, let's face it. You'd be a wife. Just be happy probably. with that, Julie. <laughs> probably. All my kids. I mean, I'd probably be straight, which is worse for me, I yeah, guess. Really <laughs> I guess I, I try to get to Paris. You have a wife beard. A wife is your beard wife. Yeah. And uh, maybe you guys could have a deal or something. I would have to. I would have to. But you'd probably have to have kids or people would look at you side-eyed. You know? I mean, I'm sure we can we can find my wife. Someone to impregnate her. <laughs> We'll go to the mines for a month and come back with the baby. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened with Listen, this I'll man? I'll go to the mines. Whatever you do while I'm gone is cool with It'll me. Be some nice miner man. <laughs> That's sounding weird. Let's continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so he's coming back to town. Um, Too early. In September, yeah. Way Didn't too leave early. long enough. Not, no. Um, you know, through the town of, um, or it's the road from Vitoria to Saitegi. Oh, he's just. And while en route, he happened upon and approached a 25 year old, Maria Dolores Cortazar. Mm-hmm. She worked as a maid in Vitoria. So he starts talking and walking with her, mm-hmm. which is really annoying. Somebody's like chatting to you and you're just trying to go about your business. I'm I'm imagining that Maria was annoyed by this. Personally. I mean she's just trying to go do her job. She has to probably go into Vitoria for something for her boss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. Or wanna... she's leaving Vitoria, going back to her town, and it's like, I just want to go home. Yeah, yeah. She... I'm tired. I agree. I with work you. 15 hour days. Yeah. Too much. Too yeah. much. So I'm sure she was feeling like Get away from me, old man. And, you know, if she was feeling this way, she was right. Because as soon as nobody was around, he pounced. Yep. He went for a head. Yep. He went for... All right. Here's my chance. Or or, or strangling. That's true. He loves strangling. He does strangle. So he pushes her off the road. And he wrapped her own handkerchief around her neck to incapacitate her. Oh. And uh, and then he propositioned her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to... uh, you know, exchange money for some, for sex. And, uh, you worked in and, the then, old days. and then also said, you know, I'll be discreet. I won't tell anyone you did this. Yeah. And she wasn't having it. So she resisted him. And you know what happens when you reject Garayo. Mm. He flew into a rage. Yeah. Rage. That's just, that's his trigger. Yeah. Let's take a break. So we're back. Okay. So yeah, as we were saying, he tries to proposition her for, you know, sex work and she's not a sex worker. She's just a lady trying to go about her day. Yeah. Um, And this is while he has a, her handkerchief around her neck, right? That seems like a, a reasonable time to ask somebody for a, you know, fair exchange. (laughs) (laughs) 
he's 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 so he's unfair. Actually, yeah. He's he he just he either wants to pay the three pesetas or nothing, or he'll kill you. Yeah. Like as long as you knew that, you can just go fine. Just pay me three and let I me still live. Seem, he still seems to kill them, regardless of the. Yeah, he, he never pays them. Nobody's ever been paid. He offers less money. Not, yeah. And then they get mad, and then he gets really mad. So sad. Yeah. So yes, he flows. He flies into a rage when she turns this down. And uh, this time, however, he chose a much bloodier assault. Okay. So he ended up stabbing poor Maria in the Ooh, chest. He's got a knife now? Well, he it said in Wikipedia and in mm. other places that he used a razor. But I don't know if you can stab with a razor. And then another one said knife. So it just depends on the source. It's hard to say. This happened a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, I guess they would just use a, a sort of razor knife to shave at those those times. Yeah. I don't really know if they had separate. Because it would be more they of a slashing than it would have stabbing but anyway but if it was a knife that you would just scrape your beard off with oh maybe yeah then you could probably use it because i don't know what a razor was like in the 1880s you know true true <laughs> i don't either i'm going based on like little house on the prairie <laughs> i remember she operated people but i don't remember the equipment specifically i was that was little probably... house on the prairie yeah, it was I Operating. think are you thinking of Dr. Quinn? Of course Medicine I am. Of course I am. <laughs> no, no, different frontier down. Still a prairie show. <laughs> they look the same. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But I feel like in those in those it would be like a straight razor, yeah. Oh. Like that. We're just looking at a picture of a we looked at a picture of an 1880s razor, and it's like one of those typical slashing, like a straight razor, like the they still use them today in like hipster bar barber shops. Exactly. Right? Yeah. To make you like I, I, I remember a steam it. towel on your face and then a yeah a little brush to put on the yeah the, the kind shaving of cream. Turkish bath sort of yeah 1930s movies we still see those kinds mm -hmm. of razors still. Hmm. I mean, it's not it doesn't have a clear pointy bit, but mm -mm. I don't I I've never tried to <laughs> kill somebody so. <laughs> I don't know how easy it goes in. You know? I don't think it is easy. No, but it's got a very cutty bit as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's why I was thinking like slashy, you know? Yeah, slashy, slashy. Some so things I'm after sure. after he stabs her or slashes her, yes. so oh, he man. rapes her and then he kills her by stabbing her in the stomach. You know, I'm used to thinking about those crimes in modern day. Mm -hmm. It's kind of odd when you think about it so far away because... Today, we always have a much more deeper understanding of the psychology of the situation, right? And mm -hmm. it, it feels like, you know, it's so far back that you know, people didn't even understand psychology so well. So it's like if you no. were gay, they didn't understand that it was a They just thought you thing. were like innately criminal. Yeah, or that the devil was with you or something ridiculous yeah. like that, you know? So, and, and even they would believe that, like, oh, I'm just a bad person, you know? Mm -hmm. Or they wouldn't understand that they could be. I mean, what criminal understands that he just might be reacting out of trauma? But at least today we understand that. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I'll go into that actually later. Okay. What they thought of him? Oh, because we've got like uh, working yeah, he back. Does, he does get caught. <laughs> I mean, spoiler. Alert. He already got caught, but didn't you know got away with it in a way? <laughs> For a while, he did. Yes. Take us forward. Take us forward. Okay. So, yeah, he's he's got really gory, this particular killing. 
and um, this is why many have equated that IO to the to Jack the Ripper in London. Oh, um, it's because of these last two victims that were pretty gory deaths mm. gave him that distinction. Okay. Yeah. Um, he hides poor Maria's body along with her basket that she was carrying. Such a cute little detail. Yeah. She's probably had to carry the, the grocery the shopping back to. Good point. Good point. Her town. Or Heavy basket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and instead of continuing on to Vitoria where he lives, right? Mm-hmm. He heads for the hills. It's a good choice. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I wrote here, probably because he's fucking covered in blood. <laughs> you can't just waltz into town totally covered in blood. Good point. Yeah. So he does. He takes a detour into the mountains. And he's and he's spotted by a farmer who is out searching for his lost cow. Um, Hopefully he's not covered in blood anymore. Right. Like, yeah, there's no mention of that. Of no, his no. state. Okay. But they did say in the, in one article that, yeah, a farmer had seen him walking around in the hills by himself. And like, okay. probably it's not that normal unless you are somebody working in those hills, right? Like if you're out sheep herding yeah. and you just see this rando walking yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. City people you remember it and you're like, who's they, this guy? They stick to the city or the roads. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure he'd yeah. either be hunting or hunting for some trouble. <laughs> yeah. So if he's covered in blood, maybe he's thinking, oh, maybe he's hunting. Also, also could be but but if you don't have some chickens hanging off of your arm yeah hunting chickens you think <laughs> i mean i don't know if that's an animal that you, yeah okay so wild birds i can see chickens <laughs> i think yeah they were domesticated by then <laughs> they definitely were and you come from india i understand but she's like the thing is yeah i mean chicken. So this guy had no birds on him. <laughs> he had no animals. Not the farmer didn't mention any of that. It was just a brief mention that a farmer did spot him. I mean, the farmer maybe that came out later. They, like, he seems more. He sort. seems more useful than the police so far. I mean, we want farmers walking around town. Not true. The FM police. <laughs> so yeah, the farmer actually made no mention of his state, like how he looked. He didn't say anything mm-hmm. in his statement, I guess, about mm-hmm. how he might have been covered in blood. And neither did any of the witnesses at the Venta del Grillo. Venta del Grillo, is that the name mm-hmm. of a place? It's a roadside inn where okay. he made a stop to get his drink on. A drink, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, now he's going to decompress. OMG. Hold- it sounded like he got drunk. Hold on to your chapellas. Hold on to your chapellas. But uh, he t- decided, you know, to not go back to town. And he went to sleep for the night under a bridge in the Thadora River. Thadora. Mm-hmm. Thadora. I've never heard of that one. That it's in the vicinity cool. of the town Ariaga. Place of stones. Not of red stones like oh, last time. Arrigorriaga. Yes. Oh, see, I'm going to start making all these connections. Arriaga Place of stones. So it could have been a quarry. It could have been just a stony area. Okay. So anyway, um, at dawn, he headed to Arriaga. Mm-hmm. To have breakfast at the inn. I'm assuming it was the only one in town. It sounds like it would be the case yeah. for those days. Yeah. These little small towns. Mm-hmm. And he again decides that he's still not quite ready to go home. So he heads back out to the bridge <sighs> and leaves the road to climb the hill of Araca. 
So, so he's going to Araka. Yes, he goes up to the hill, and there he came upon our final victim, unfortunate Manuela. Oh, final victim. Audicana. Audicana, yeah. That's a different one. That's interesting. It doesn't sound necessarily very Basque. No. Not really. It is spelt with a C there, which is clearly not be... helping. Yeah, but it doesn't. The A-L. Oh, no, well, the A-U. See, but Audicana and Aldicana with a U or an L could be any who's. We're talking about etymology and linguistics. Who cares? <laughs> Poor lady. I'm just happy and excited she's the last victim because I yeah. don't want anybody else to die. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so she was a 52-year-old farmer um, from Navarrete mm -hmm. who had just been to the fiestas in Vitoria and she was heading home with the food she'd bought there. Because, you know, in the past, the fiestas were about buying, mm. like, it's like a farmer's Local market, prejudice. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. Um, and the toros. Don't forget the oh, bull, yes, bull of runs. Course he's gonna, yep. All the I'm fun sure. stuff. I'm sure that, yeah. But a bit of drinking, a bit of bull runs. Yeah. Some dancing, probably. Music. I hope so. Mm -hmm. I hope so. And food. A Eating, little good drinking. food. I mean, this is... Buying food, local products. This is very Basque country, yeah. We're mm -hmm. all about local products. Mm -hmm. Local beans, local cut meats, anything. So, yeah, she sadly made his acquaintance, and they were chatting. And when it started raining, they sought cover under a tree. So, right? Raining in the Basque country. We were just talking about that. Surprise, surprise. It'll start raining, and then you just, you're stuck without an umbrella, so you just have to... Go and wait it out. I love the idea of, of, of having to find a tree when it starts raining. I mean, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> I have I have sought refuge under a tree because it's a little better than nothing. It is better. Because I would have done that because there wasn't like a building around where I could go. Hmm. It just doesn't sound so common. But no. yeah, I have done it too. Yeah. It's so romantic. <laughs> yeah, but you could end up waiting for like weeks or months. Or dying from a dying 57 year old <laughs> assassin who is just, you know, never preying on anybody he sees in front of him. <laughs> so they're under this tree chatting, and she believes innocently enough. He tells her that he's out looking for a lost mare. Mm. But Garayo isn't one to pass up an opportunity to ruin somebody's life, right? So he eventually yeah. tells her of his true intentions, and she's like, oh, hell no. And she attempts to get out of there. Um, I, I don't think we have the evidence that he offered three pesetas, but I'm going to guess he did that just then. Yeah, out I the hell of it. Yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, he was able to stop her from fleeing, and he used her own apron to strangle her to unconsciousness so that he could then rape her while she was unconscious because that's his thing. One thing doesn't change over the centuries is modus operandi. That's true. That's Find true. one, keep one. Mm -hmm. um, but he couldn't follow through with the rape. I guess he couldn't get it up. Hey, before the Viagra. Mm -hmm. Hey. So he, but he can't also leave her alive because now there's a witness, right? He, uh, he ends up stabbing her with the same razor or knife that he used on Maria the previous day. Mm-hmm. So there's the cooling off period too. Like this it's is getting one, worse. This is the next day, right? Not not good at all. He never he, he never even slept at home. That's how bad yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, he didn't just leave it at that, though. He Here's where the Jack the Ripper parallels come back into play. I was wondering, and, we, and I just looked it up. That's uh, 1888 is Jack the Ripper. So that's a little bit beforehand. Maybe Jack the Ripper was inspired by him. Maybe. Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, I don't think so at all. But I'm sure they're not the first and the last either. Also true. I he mean, was a copycat all the way over in London. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Jack Stewart was just a copycat serial killer. I mean that it, it goes with the Bilbao story, you know. <laughs> for 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 our listeners who haven't spent too long in Bilbao, one of one of the cutest jokes for me for Bilbao is: Have you have you looked up the world map of Bilbao? And that's that's the that's the joke is that the whole world is Bilbao for Bilbaínos. <laughs> And so everything clearly relates to Bilbao and the mm. rest of the planets. Mm. And, and then that would make sense that it way. It does make sense. That everything starts here. And where everything then, happens. <laughs> then people copy it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's. this is where they compared him to Jack the Ripper. So mm. hang on to your chapella, Douglas, because it's going to get gory. More? Okay. Yeah. He then cut her stomach open and extracted her ex intestines and her kidney. He's getting explorative. Yeah. That's very yeah. Jackie Rippery. Very gory. And on this occasion, you know, uh, after this murder cleanup is mentioned. Oh, <laughs> cause they didn't say anything about after Maria. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah, I can imagine it was quite necessary after, you know, disemboweling someone. True. I mean, he, he had a lot of knocking on heads, that seems much cleaner. Yeah. And and not only, not all of them, but his attitude seems to be that women are just a matter of money, right? Like he has that in common with Jack the Ripper, who was very sort of preying on sex workers. And I wonder... Well, they're preying on sex workers because they tend to be more of a vulnerable individual, right? And you're getting them in a very vulnerable position. Mm. And... Um, Absolutely. And societally, you know, they're not considered, you know, there's no need to respect them, right? For me, it's much, it's, it's, it's more present, the sort of religious aspect where people, it was kind of part of those times when it was, it was seen as, well, that woman couldn't help herself, but become a, a degenerate sort of, mm. you know, they would kind of explain it in a way as in, they just came from bad family sort of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's why, of course, I don't believe any of those things, but you kind of see these people, or I've read a lot of things where the religious um, argument of, of immorality and they kind of deserve it because they're immoral. You know, that's why I was saying maybe more Jack the Rippery. Maybe he was just like, oh, you're not a good woman, so you deserve it sort of does, I mean, it, I tend to think that they're more taking advantage of someone that is probably doesn't have family or resources. And then clearly also not. you're in a, mm. you're also going to get isolated with that person. You know, you're going to go somewhere yeah. and have the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's a kind and, of, and as you say, like societally, you know, they're not going to be searched for or given a shit about. Yeah. Yeah. It's a catch. So if you can kill them, like nobody's really going to look for someone Absolutely. who kills sex workers. Sort of thing. In a practical sense, you're 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 very right in terms of uh, just yeah numbers. Victim numbers profiles, wise, yeah. they're just easier. Yeah. 
So um, he does clean himself up by using her clothing. And then he covered her body. And then he ate the food that she had with her from her purchases at the Fiestas of Victoria. I mean... Insult to injury, if you ask me. Due to our previous conversation, I'm happy you said the food in the basket. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So then he went back to that same bridge on the Zadora River Mm -hmm. to sleep for the night. And he cleaned up further in the river. And then he finally returned to Vitoria. Okay. Um, once he got there, he changed his clothes and left immediately to the town of Alegria Dulanci. Dulanci, yeah. Dulanci. Maybe Dulanci is a translation of Alegria, happiness. Alegria, yeah, that's what I was thinking because, uh, you know, um, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but in the Basque country, every town has two names. Yeah. One in Castilian and then the other in, in Basque. In Basque. The, yeah, it's it, we don't we don't always say the two versions, mm-hmm. but especially bigger places, it's common to have a little what's a little line between the, the hyphen. words? The hyphen, that's the one. Yeah, and it's like we'll say Bilbo Bilbao for Bilbao, and then we'll say Victoria Gasteiz. Victoria Gasteiz. So Victoria is San Sebastian Donosti. Exactly. So Victoria would be the version Castilian, and the second version we usually do that as a custom we would do first Castilian and Basque mm-hmm. and uh well maybe that's the case well yeah so isn't it ironic that he goes to the town of joy because Alegria is joy right yes it is <laughs> the two women's bodies were discovered that day the same day yeah well, let's, we'll take a little break let's look at that oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ay, ay. <laughs> Okay, so when we left off, we were trying to figure out what the um, what Dulanci means, right? Yes, and it's got a, a very interesting Wikipedia article. If you look for Alegria Dulanci, it's uh, it's 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 quite interesting to to check out. But it's um, we don't really know the origin of Dulanci. Alegria in Basque is uh, Alaitasuna, so Alaitasuna is just happiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might. I'm sure not might be. I'm sure there's other synonyms, but it doesn't quite fit it. And so apparently it's possible that this is a very old name, uh, even from the Latin times. So like there's there's a guy from the year 500 mm-hmm. <laughs> who was going towards uh, what today is France, but was just part of a Latin empire then. Mm-hmm. And so they, they figure it could have been this place as well. And uh, so, and oh, the cute little element that I thought was, so it had this random name that nobody knew what it means anymore, Dulanci, and they figured that they just called it Alegria, happiness in Castilian, to kind of attract more people to go live there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so rebranding. It's a lovely place. Like 15th century rebranding. Let's go. Okay, so at this point, um, he has raped many women he's murdered six women yeah and he has attempted to rape and murder four others um and you know his uh modus operandi yeah his emil stayed the same pretty much his cooling off period became shorter and shorter yeah um and then this last one was the shortest because it was 
two victims in two days, right? Yeah, and very violent as well. And he's, yeah, he's, so, he's escalating. Right, so they were desecrated or they disemboweled the last one. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why they compared him to Jack the Ripper. Mm. Um, and also like Jack the Ripper, as we said, these crimes took place at the end of the 19th century. Mm -hmm. But unlike the London-based events, which mm -hmm. went unsolved to this day, mm. aside from modern-day speculation, yeah, many people feel hard. they've solved the crime. Sure. Um, these crimes carried out by Garayo in this capital city of Euskadi mm -hmm. did end in his arrest and nice. his trial and conviction and eventual execution. Nice. Basque efficiency there. Yep. So I'm going to now recount well, all that part of the story. Okay. Not, not too efficient that they got their revenge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, he had, you know, gone back to Vittoria, changed his clothes. And then took off for Alegria Dugansi, mm. where he had work. And he returned to Vitoria on the 21st of September. And he was immediately recognized as the prime suspect by one Pio Fernandez de Pinedo. Mm. So he was the one who was in charge of the investigation at the time. So they'd been looking into him. Okay, good to hear. Yeah, they'd had, you know, all these murders happening in it's a lot and of murders. They're all unsolved, yeah. I would hope it was that way more in common with especially such a low population it would have at that point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it'd be pretty alarming, right? So that's mm -hmm. what we said. It gave him that nickname, that Sacamantecas nickname, was because he was the scary thing that was out there that mm -hmm. you know was happening and wasn't getting caught. Yeah. I, how, so he became like this, you know. I'm. I'm kind of crazy about time in the sense that i don't keep track of it mm -hmm. and even within a very short story like you have told us like, <laughs> nine eight nine years eight nine years okay His yeah little killing spree went on apparently he the the investigator at the time mm -hmm. he had been tipped off with a description of garayo mm. by a postal worker who had mm. crossed paths with him while he was harassing poor 25 year old maria dolores Great to hear. People paying attention mm -hmm. to the world around them. Well, then she ends up dead, right? And she, and the other girl remembers that. So the guy or whoever the postal worker was mm. like, oh, I saw her with somebody, good, right? Good, good, So good. probably described him to whoever's investigating. Yeah. So we'd finally had a witness who had seen the murder victim with Garayo before her death. And upon his return to Victoria, he was arrested immediately nice, nice finally yeah so he uh is then interrogated by the judge who i have as his name is parada mm -hmm. i only have his surname interesting and he denied everything okay but they didn't believe him so they kept him in jail for 12 more days okay and they continued to interrogate him so not the judge but the warden okay <laughs> okay of the prison and then someone who they referred to as the key holder. Sure. <laughs> Those were the two people interrogating him. So the guy that locked everyone up and mm -hmm. the warden of the prison. Nice and simple those yeah. days. No yeah. complications. Yeah. They're like, now you go talk to him. Go ask him some questions. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, can you come over here? So it seems that they were finally able to get him to talk after those 12 days. Okay. And they, you know, 
they appealed to his religious beliefs, apparently. See where it was going before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Religion was huge back then. I know you were I mean, born evil, is, but... but if you admit it, <laughs> yeah. maybe he'll maybe excuse he'll... you. Yeah, exactly. That's what, exactly what happened. They told him that he wouldn't receive divine mercy if he didn't confess. Oh, really? So that's truly what, what a happened. surprise. Mm -hmm. It's like I never heard of Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good trick to play on him. Yeah, Good so to know they... it works once in its history. <laughs> so uh, he ended up spilling the beans and telling everything. And that's why we have all these details about each crime. Because okay. like, there was no one there besides him. So the weight of guilt. Mm -hmm. He's like, all right, I'll tell you everything. And he was seeing Mr. Mr. Some archangel's eyes in front of him. And he's like, oh, better, <laughs> better spill the beans. So he first admitted to the killing of Maria in Saitegi. That was the one he uh, that he got seen on the road. Okay. By the postal worker, she, they had been spotted together, right? Manuela, right? No, Maria. Oh my gosh! Okay. <laughs> and then he confessed to his final victim, Manuela. Okay. Okay. So first he admits to Maria, and then he admits to Manuela. So after confessing to these two crimes to the warden, uh, whose name was Jose Fresco. Fresh Jose. Fresco, yeah. <laughs> I Fresh love that. Jose. Jose in English is... Uh, Joseph. Joseph. Or Joe. Joe Fresh. Fresh Joe. Joe Fresh. <laughs> is that a real thing, Joe Fresh? or is? No. Oh. I, I like that name. It now. is now, though. It's a solid name. And to the key holder, whose name was Juan... Jimenez. So he confesses to Joe Fresh and Juan Jimenez. Mm -hmm. And then he went before a judge to officially testify or make a declaration or something. So did he only get booked for these two last Those crimes? are the two he confessed to it mm -hmm. in the beginning. Okay. Um, so according to Wikipedia, this lasted from this declaration of testimony from him to the judge was from 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. On October 3rd. The whole night. Yeah. Uh, as we would probably say. probably had a lot of questions. As we would say in, in Bilbao, Gal Pasa. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> An all-nighter. An all-nighter. Yeah. <laughs> very Basque thing to do. Yeah. An all-nighter. Mm -hmm. um, Hopefully not talking about crimes, but yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> in this declaration in front of the judge, he added more details that he hadn't mentioned to... Uh, fresco and mm -hmm. human is mm -hmm. so at this point garayo had only admitted to those two for uh final victims mm -hmm. and it was when he returned to jail that he ended up copying to the other four that had okay. occurred years earlier right because remember he took like a four-year break yeah so not only that but he admitted to the four failed attempts of rape and assault good I was and gonna, an I, attempted murder of the women that he that ended up escaping so um he, he found an honest bone somewhere well that's what i have here is like his religious conscience must have been on fire <laughs> or he just said fuck it i'll never see uh, the outside of a prison again yeah. so i might as well tell him everything uh-huh he knew he was screwed i mean good i don't know i mean once you're there i'm, I'm glad we know the truth that's better yeah. It's better. 
I mean, hopefully, yeah, we can put fix everybody's it. minds at ease if you can, right? That yeah. there's not going to now be still a serial killer out there. Exactly. Because right? exactly. they're all like terrified. We're, like we were saying, at the end of the day, there was all these crimes happening for, we, we, we counted up eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't know where those crimes are coming from, like you say, you know, you create that kind of mythical being of the second Mantecas. The, yeah. The, what you can boogeyman. The boogeyman, yeah. And so when you can finally admit to those crimes, we, we kind of like, okay, it wasn't the boogeyman. It was that bastard. Mm. This guy. So everything's good. We're fine. Nothing more is going to ever I mean, happen again. <laughs> I mean, at least we can pin it down on somebody yeah. and not some like, mythic. At least one guy's off the streets, right? At least we know it's a human, not <laughs> a mythological True. being. Yes, <laughs> it was a human. I mean, those days, <laughs> some people were not sure about it, right? Those days, these days. Okay, so the investigators also spoke with his wife, Juana Ibisate, Ibisate, mm-hmm. who admitted to paying off one of the victims for her silence. Remember that part? Yeah. And at this time, they decided to look into the deaths of his three previous wives. <laughs> I mean, I would too. Yeah. So, yeah, a man who kills women, who was married and widowed three times. It's going to set off some alarm bells, right? Like yeah. Maybe Even there those was something days. to that. Yeah. However, he insisted that if he had killed those wives, he would admit it. It's sounds sort of logical yeah so as for the trial and sentencing Hmm. the same judge who was the first to interrogate him after his arrest Hmm. and then who sat for his declaration or his testimony and his detailing of the crimes was the very same one who handed down his conviction and sentencing well he was there the whole whole night and he's yeah he's listened to that oh my gosh Uh uh-huh I thought it was strange only because, um, well, which I may talk about at another time, but the time that I spent with the in the courthouse with my uh, student who took me along. Mm-hmm. You were telling me that it's the judge that uh, investigates the, the, the crime. Mm. Yeah. And it sounds like it's still, you know, it yeah. was the same in 1880s. Yeah, but I would find it to be a conflict if it was the same one who then was sitting at the trial. Mm. and then doing the conviction and sentencing. Is that not what happens here? I don't know. I just feel like it's a conflict of, uh, you should have another impartial judge to then, you know, start fresh to see the whole trial and then make a decision based on what is presented. I don't know, but maybe. I mean, it doesn't sound like he's going to. No, no, it was the same judge. So maybe that's not how it not works. This one, I've gotta, not this I've one. I've got to ask some questions. So, like, and this was back in the day, and there yeah. probably wasn't very many judges. So 120 years later, 140 years later, ish, ish. Remember we brought it, man. Let's see. Let's see. On November 11th. So that's like two months after the murders. um, He was sentenced to two death penalties and economic compensation for the victims. Interesting. I've heard of two death. No, I've heard of two life sentences. Hmm. Which just means they're never ever getting out of jail. Yep. But two death sentences? I've never heard of that. Before. Oh, I've I've heard of various. I've heard, I've heard you, of people being sentenced to twenty death penalties. Twenty death? Um, how do you do that though? Like that's just like something you can't even carry out. I mean, they they try <laughs> you to carry out a double life. Yeah. No, I guess you can't. No, you that's can't, true. Yeah, yeah. You can't do two lives. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I stressed 
my case. <laughs> like the first sentence All is right, resting in the be, grave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. So, yeah, I guess you can give as many death penalties as you want. To just, 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 to, just send it home, you know? It's ridiculous, yeah. So, uh, according to Wikipedia, he remained calm after receiving his sentence, but had to ask the lawyers Manuel Lete and Juan Echevarria mm -hmm. to sign for him, as he was illiterate. Oh. Remember? So, he had to have somebody else sign his name. I mean, I'm just wondering, like, I know in English there's a very long definitely in the 1700s if you didn't know how to write you would still you like would a still symbol or x or something you would just put yeah you would call it your mark and it's usually a little x mm -hmm. and then you get somebody who witnessed it signed next to him mm. and uh, it's interesting that maybe here they don't do that I, that's just what it said in it's a detail it's so, a yeah. detail <laughs> it's a detail um all right so some notes about his time behind bars he ate heartily, never seeming to be affected by either what he had done or his pending doom. It's interesting how that's how they they judge. If yeah, they're like watching him like... Oh, he's eating well. He's eating well. But he did eat after both those victims too. Remember he ate the food of uh, Manuela? That she'd been to the fiestas and bought all this food from the market. They're working and on And then a... Maria, he went to the inn and had some food. That, that that's the problem with Christianity. They think everybody feels guilt. This man <laughs> does not no guilt. guilt. I, 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 I had no doubt of that. Yeah. No, he, he was going to eat well his whole life. Yeah. He <laughs> likes food. Exactly. So, yeah, he didn't have any problems eating. No. And um, they wouldn't allow him to use a razor while he was incarcerated. So, so I guess he, he used a No, he used a match. To burn off his beard. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is so random and horrible. I know, right? Oh my gosh. I never heard of that concept in my life. No. And I it, don't it, want like, a beard. Let's burn it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he, it said that he only did that once. So, after once, he was probably like, that's not worth it. Burning Good to my hear. Whole beard off. Good to hear. <laughs> that is a ridiculous solution. <laughs> Like, let's kill that woman because she didn't he probably accept burned two his eyelashes and his eyebrows at the same time. So he probably ah. looks super weird. <laughs> but he did finally learn how to read in the prison library. So they had libraries in the prison. That seems way too civilized for 1880s. So he became literate. Disappointing, maybe. End. Disappointing. Well, you don't have anything else to do. You might as well get a hobby. Should we take a little break? Let's do that. Okay, we're back. Garayo did appeal his case to the Audiencia. Audiencia. Audiencia, thank you. De Burgos. Mm. So what do you think they argued to absolve him of these crimes? To absolve him? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I'm just going to... Why, what's the, the, you know, the case, his case for an appeal? You know, mm -hmm. like why should he be absolved? As you said beforehand, I'm going to put myself in his place okay. in the historical context. I'm going to give you, let's say, three options. Let's okay. say, <laughs> let's say, I was possessed by a demon. Okay, <laughs> sounds right. Um, let's say, 
it's the woman's fault because they provoked me. Mm, that's another classic. Yep. That's a very long, long-term classic, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say the southern winds were strong. <laughs> and I'll explain that when there's or a, a full moon. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That it, it's 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 a reality and a joke. It is true that in 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 a previous time in the Middle Ages, in Bilbao, I'm not talking about the whole Basque country. I, I don't have information about that but in Bilbao if a crime was committed when the wind was southern winds yeah and it was this hot wind from the Sahara with uh, as they say as they they say these days with lots of ions in the air which I'm not sure what that means but that's supposed <laughs> to justify you getting irritated and okay <laughs> beating people up and eventually killing them perhaps you know mm -hmm. so and it was considered uh, a criminal defense it was, and it would like if you committed that crime and there was no southerly winds, uh, it would be a higher sentence. Uh, oh, compared they just lowered to, the sentencing because they were like, because listen, it was clear, southern winds that ionized wind happens to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we all get a little irritated. Mm. Uh, well, I'm afraid none of your guesses were actually his. Uh, his defense for his appeal. Okay. It was a, you know, a classic that still works today. Insanity. Sanity. Mm -hmm. This appeal ordered the court of Vitoria to have Garayo's mental state examined by, quote, mm -hmm. as many doctors as possible, <laughs> end quote. <laughs> I, like, so, I like that. Uh, yeah. I, I wish somebody would defend me so vigorously. They were like, well, as many we're doctors have have as possible. Doctors. Yeah. So they had to interview all of his friends and family as well. Interesting. Get the, get the tea on, on him. Right. We, we must've gotten some of that extra information through those efforts. Mm -hmm. I, I'm happy they happened. So 11 doctors from Vitoria were consulted. Wow, 11. Mm -hmm. That was as many as possible. <laughs> Eleven was the I'm magic impressed. number. You know, 1879. So many doctors. Number. Yeah. Number. So uh, they I'm, were consulted. I, I, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I, I have I have another cute, okay. useless okay. piece of information. <laughs> Go for it. Amaike Gun is 11 days uh, in Basque. Amaikegun. Amaikegun. Why? Mm -hmm. Egun is day. It just means 11 days. Yeah. And it, it's just a traditional expression for way too long or a long time. Oh. So it's like. So 11 would be as many doctors as possible. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the whole point of my comment. Yeah. It's oh, cute. okay. So today in the Basque country, though, we have a cute little, um, 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 what would you call it? A project that we do every, I don't know if it's every year or every two years, we have 11 days where we wear a little badge saying that we speak Basque mm. so that people know that we speak Basque during our day-to-day -day at the supermarket, at the shops, everywhere we go to day-to-day. -day. And it lasts 11 days because of that expression. Because, because it's way too long. <laughs> not wait, but it's a long time. <laughs> okay. It's a long It's considered time. a long time. It's like... It's a big number, 11. It's a, it, it, it's a traditionally recognized as a long number. A okay. big number. It's okay. cute. Cute, no? It's cute, yeah. It's still relevant today. Yeah. 11 days. 11 days. 11 doctors. So 11 doctors. Yeah. Uh, how many How many were... Um... So 
they he, they were consulted and on uh, March 3rd, 1880, they submitted a report stating that he was not insane oh. and had committed the crimes consciously. Good. But hmm. the defense wouldn't give up and demanded a second report from the directors of the mental hospitals, which I assume are now called psychiatric hospitals, right? I guess. No, you wouldn't call them mental hospitals anymore, would you? Not at all. No, seem... <laughs> Never. <laughs> it's seem... not a term for 2020. Right? No. Yeah. So a psychiatric hospital. <laughs> what I what I feel they're doing is they're going like, oh, doctors, that didn't work. Let's go to their superiors. Let's go to the directors. You know what I mean? Like a well, typical. Yeah. Like we don't trust these doctors. So. Yes, they went to the head, to the directors of the, Escalating the problem, Carabanchel, no? Carabanchel. That rings a bell. Carabanchel Alto mm-hmm. in Madrid. Oh, they went and to the, the hospital. They went to the capital, Toma, and the hospital in Take Toledo, that. which is right next to Madrid. And it used to be the old capital a long time ago. So, so go to the capital if you want some real doctor reports. Ask important people. What yeah. the important people say. I'm amazed this goes up if he's that poor. Yeah. I guess it was a big case. Yeah. Hmm. It would make sense that way. So um, their reports could be seen as a win for the defense because they found that he committed the crimes under the influence of a partial madness. You know, so they were saying that he had this partial madness or intermittent monomania mm-hmm. amidst intervals of lucidity. Excuses males make for males. Uh huh. But my favorite diagnosis is that he was simply an imbecile. <laughs> I mean, it's very I th- scientific, isn't it? I think finally we have somebody <laughs> who's lucid, <laughs> thinking clearly, <laughs> and has, uh, yeah, yeah, appropriate terminology for yeah. the gentleman. Yeah, I found that really funny. He's an imbecile. Mm. But despite this seemingly favorable report for the defense, the appeal was denied by the Supreme Court. So it didn't work. Supreme Court. So it went to Madrid? Went to the Supreme Court, yeah. I guess if, since they were asking Madrid doctors, right? Mm-hmm. They wanted to keep, yeah. Hmm. So Garayo was executed by Lorenzo Huertas from Burgos. He was executed on May 11th, 1881 by Garrote, which we've talked about, I think, right? It's, I have the definition here. Do go for it. A method of capital punishment of Spanish origin. So the Spanish. They've always with got this. the best inventions. <laughs> In which an iron collar is tightened around a condemned person's neck until death occurs by strangulation or by injury to the spinal column at the base of the brain. And I have a photo here of the device. If you'd like to see it, this is a garrote. Yeah, I'm basically seeing. Can you describe it to our listeners? Yep. It's um, a log, like quite a long log, stood up on a cross of boards, just keeping it up. And then there's a bench on it for you to sit on, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And then what do you call these things that you like? It's like a pillar more. Yeah, yeah a yeah. pillar. And then what do you call those things that you like? You've got a... Oh, like a... Yeah, like a... You like press. Like a jack-in-the-box. <laughs> yeah, you like... Um... You, you wind it to Windy. to close, I guess, a screw, right? So it's a kind of screw system. 
Yeah. And that's what you're going to attach to your neck, I guess. And you're going to screw This part it. would be attached to the neck. So this would be yeah. like a little collar around your neck. And then yeah. behind they have like a, uh, what is that called? A metal bar to twist. No, but what is that called? It's called something. Money bella. Let's see. Is a crank? Crank. A handle? A crank. Okay. We go with so handle. They crank, crank it crank. to tighten it. De yes. The screw system I was trying to refer to earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to crack your bone at some point. This Pretty brutal. Yes. Pretty brutal. I'm happy that you didn't only kill gay people that way. <laughs> Nobody was safe. No. Okay, so the execution took place in Vitoria. That none other than the Polvorin Viejo. Remember that was in the first episode. The old powder keg. Right. The place that then became a prison. The armory. Now a school. Yeah, the armory. Mm. Yeah, it was an armory first, and then it was a prison. Now it's a school in modern day. So at the time, it was, it was serving as a prison. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of funny that he had so many links to this place. Like, it kept coming back in his life, you know, yeah. because he was always taking the ladies out there. Past that, that. He got busted that one time by the guards that were there. Because the woman that put up a fight. So the place got him in the end? Is that the moral May, of the I don't know. It's just that he's got a lot of connections to this place. It all leads back to the same place. The old powder keg. <laughs> the old powder keg. Yeah. So according to Wikipedia, his body was then put on public display for 10 hours. That's a randomly short. And why Everybody would you can come even look do at it? Him. No? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like people just had a better stomach for that stuff back in the day. Like, but why would 10 you... hours, though, that seems so little. <laughs> just leave it out for two weeks now, <laughs> if you're at it. No, because that's disgusting. That's going way too far. It's Douglas. always disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, you know, you've gone too far. I like the idea. Stinky, I you like know, the idea. flies and, you know, everything else that happens. But, like, if, you've, if you're there for 10 hours, like... Let's think of this context. There's three women who survived this. I want those would 10 hours. Would they want to go look at that? I want them. Have a look at him. Fucking dance. I don't know if they would have. And if I, I, I mean, you know, I think that's what my psychologist. Maybe they would and spit on it. Yeah. That's that's what you need, you know? Yeah, maybe. That's what we want. A little spitting opportunity here. I mean, you know. Yeah, throw, give the people a chance. Throw some shit in the face too, you know, whatever you like. Or to prove that. The, the boogeyman is now gone. Yeah, that's a, another good one. You know, this mm. was a real thing that is not mythical. It'll be no longer a problem for all of you people. Random. So 1880s, they were still displaying bodies a bit. I mean, yeah. I, I forget the dates from when we did a tour of Bilbao, and but they did they did kind of have public executions yep. and stuff pretty yep. late. So mm -hmm. his head was okay. autopsied okay. by a doctor Esquerdo. Born in Villajoyosa. So shout out to Villajoyosa. That's where my in-laws have their second home. Okay. Their holiday home. Summer home. Yep. Is that like a, a beach place? It's, or is in, it it's, in, it's uh, north of Alicante, between Alicante and Benidorm. Okay. So way down south in Spain. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's what the doctor that autopsied him. But he was he, from over there. He was from Villajoyosa. And when I asked... 
when I told my in-laws about I'm reading a story and there mm. was something about Villajoyosa in mm. there and they said, oh, was it Izquierdo? They like made oh the name. Oh my gosh. Still like, yeah, there's still like medical centers and everything in the town oh. dedicated to this guy. Wow. Yeah. So he's a pretty famous, I guess, psychiatrist and met doctor. How interesting. Yeah. I thought that was funny. That's They crazy. guessed it right away. I was like, yes, that was his name. That's incredible. It, mm -hmm. it, it, it feels like not only Gastez was a small town, the whole country the feels whole like country it's is a small, small town. town. <laughs> <laughs> How cute. How yeah. cute. So um, he was, but he was practicing in Madrid. Mm -hmm. And when he analyzed Garayo's brain, he came to the same conclusion as the psychiatric doctors who studied him for the defense and his appeal that he was, in fact, an imbecile. <laughs> <laughs> This is the autopsy. I love that. I love that. I thought you were going to say he came to the conclusion it was temporary um, insanity, but I'm way happier that it was just imbecile. This man is clearly an imbecile. <laughs> Look at his head. I mean, you know, I, I, but I follow medicine. I'll tell you why. We can't quite tell. I'll tell you why he said this. Do, 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 okay, so do in addition, Dr. Skirda was a defender of the theories posited by famed Italian criminologist Cesar Lombroso, uh -huh. who used phrenology to develop oh. his theories on the criminality of an individual. Yes. So phrenology is the measurement of your cranium. I'll your... read the definition if you want. Go for it, babe. No, you say it. As far as I understand it, they it's relating to the measurement of your skull. Mm -hmm. And so depending on its shape and where the bulges are, mm -hmm. they assume the parts in your brain were more or less developed and they would uh, ascribe problems uh, relating to either overdevelopment or underdevelopment of certain areas of your brain. Mm -hmm. Very sounded, good, Douglas. Sounded Excellent. very scientific. But... Here's the definition I found. It's the detailed study of the shape and size of the cranium mm -hmm. as a supposed indication of character and mental abilities. So spot on. Way to go, Douglas. It was one of the very Look sad... The big brain on Douglas. Well, it was one of the very sad uh, sort of precursors to sort oh, of racism. I know, and... yeah, I know. So because I like, yeah, yeah, my, my, you know, my people were gay and Jewish and all the, and Hitano, like Roma people, I, all the reasons they could kill my people. They killed me because of that as well. Yeah. It was used my as ancestors, a, yeah. I should say. Mm -hmm. It's a means to discriminate. Um, Any well, excuse to kill gay, by, gay guys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Lombroso claimed that criminals were born that way and a type of person would be characterized by physical features reminiscent of apes or lower primates and early humans. As a frenopath and a fanboy of Lombroso, Dr. Esquerdo declared that Garayo fit the bill as an innate criminal and his, his features matched up a short sloping forehead, small brain and close set eyes. So now I'm going to show you a photo of our protagonist. Okay. Oh, oh. And you tell me if he looks the part. Does he look like. There he is. <laughs> he looks like a great grandfather of mine, to be honest. Remember, he was an old man by the time he got caught. Mm -hmm. And this mm -hmm. was when he was already in prison because he's got the shackles on his feet. Wow. So this is his prison photo. Must have been right after he, he burned his beard off. It looks like it's he's got a sharp beard, yeah. <laughs> so, what Man. do you think? Close set eyes, sloping forehead. 
I mean, we know these days it's it's a bunch of bullshit. I know. But, um, I mean, he definitely has some little eyes close to each other. <laughs> but I, I, I think I could say that about every one of my sort of paternal ancestors. They, lo they look all the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, obviously, phrenology has been denounced since it's been utilized to justify discrimination, as we were saying, against yes. marginalized people in the past. And probably still today, for some, like, yeah, I think of neo-Nazis, they still kind of Unfortunately, go along they, with that kind of shit. Yeah. Should we take a break? We'll take a break on that. So... Yeah, mm -hmm. it sounded like he only had the brain, the head. That was to his autopsy, right? Main, yeah. Um, concern. My question was, so did they display his body for the ten day, ten hours without a brain? Right, it was only ten hours. <laughs> was he headless? I don't think so. I mean, it's it, probably the whole body. It would, and then they sent the head off to Madrid. I wonder what a psychologist would tell us about seeing <laughs> the person who tried to rape you. A beheaded Is it better body. to see him with a head or yeah, without Yeah, like, I don't want to see his face again. <laughs> that man haunts my dreams as it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh I say, uh, you know, so I was, that, I was unsure because I say that because he was buried in a grave, you know, he was buried in an unmarked grave in the Santa Isabel Cemetery in Vitoria. Okay. While his head was said to remain in Madrid to become part of a medical collection. And, okay. um, and that head has since been lost. Oh, my gosh. No, it's not there. We can't visit it for an excursion sometime. I mean, I'm going to say I'm happy for that. <laughs> but we I'm... can't go to this. Med I mean, I'd be curious to go to this medical collection and see his head. Obviously, obviously. I mean, the skull, you know. I guess you'd see. <clears throat> but that's I just mean, me, and I'm kind of a weirdo. I mean, I've seen uh, Mr. Lenin uh, embalmed in Moscow. Oh, Lenin is yeah. embalmed and he's like embalmed. on display? Yep, he's uh, in a little. I mean, right now, <laughs> he might be not open for the public, which I think is very probable. But uh, one man who is, is Mr. Mao Zedong. The big uh, the Chinese uh, prime minister. Uh huh. He's uh, in a little, you know, not little. He's in a giant hall where you can walk and, and go check him out. And I've also seen him like a mummy. Yeah, he's in, embalmed. Is what we say today. So I've seen Lenin and Mao that way. <laughs> so if it's uh, to me, that's a little. It's a step beyond crime scene photos. But, like, uh, have you not been to the British Museum? I mean, they've got a lot of things in, in pots. Yeah, liquid yeah in I've it. seen mummied. I've seen mummied remains. It's interesting to see certain deep-sea creatures in jars. You know, they're very different. Yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes you can't preserve them other ways. Yeah. But they look disgusting still, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm assuming this would have been, in the medical collection, it would have just been the skull. To maybe explain phrenology or something oh, at just the time. Skull. Right. Okay. You know, so actually five of his six victims are also buried at the same cemetery. Oh, that seems very and even though he's I paid attention to the fact he's got maybe it was the only cemetery in town. On Mark Grave, but no, no, no. It's it's not on, right? 
all those people are there. We could have a excursion to Victoria one day and try to find grape finds. We can. Okay, so Douglas, it's that time of the episode where you need to guess his first name. His name was Garayo. Diez de Garayo. Um, I mean, Jose. Let's get go Luis now. Luis. I'm gonna try to guess for something believable, but I'm also gonna give a justification. If mm, please, there's this saying where we have three regional capitals in the Basque Country, and each regional capital looks towards one other capital. So Donostia San Sebastian looks toward Paris, Bilbao looks towards London, and uh, Vitoria Gasteiz looks towards Madrid. Okay. And I think uh, not only in e economy, but you know, architecture, history, we see this over and over again. And we, we notice that when we see the cities, they, mm. they have this very distinctive, either Castilian architecture, Parisian, or lots of influences from the UK. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the names, you know, have some relation. And, and in the case of uh, of Gasteiz, they, they frequently use a lot more Spanish names, Castilian okay. names. So that's that's why I'm justifying. Okay. Well, you're very close. I thought mm. you would nail it, Juan. Juan. <laughs> surprise, Another surprise. Another very classic. Okay. So now for our mini section, crime time. Mini crime time. Um, we just like to say that, um, we would invite our listeners to send us their mini crime times. Absolutely. And we've, we've said that before, but we have a very important clarification. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be something that happened to you in the Basque country or affiliated with the Basque country in any like way. We do. Yeah. 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 So it could be any mini crime that's happened to you or someone, you know, and you just want to tell us about it. And so you can send us that on mm -hmm. our Gmail email, which mm -hmm. is crimesofthebasklands at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on Instagram, yes. or Facebook. Um, so, yeah, that being said. That being said, and, and with a slight other, I'm going to addendum. Okay, go <laughs> if, for it. If you would like it to be anonymous, just let us know. We'll take out oh, your yeah, name. For sure. That's absolutely no problem. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. But today we were saying, how about Megan tells us a cute little Halloween theme story? Yes, as it is Halloween. <laughs> Let's stick with the theme. Well, I, to start, when I was, a, I was like a theater kid. Like I, I went to a drama group um, at this little theater in um, rural Wales. So you were saying you're quite young. Yeah. So I went there from when I was about. 13 to about 16 mm -hmm. and we would do like little pantomimes at Christmas and different shows um and that is relevant to the story because <laughs> <We> believe <laughs> she's just introducing herself <laughs> because I think guys. I was about 16 it was summertime um so obviously I invited all my like little cheesy theater friends oh, <laughs> and we were like hanging out in the back garden and um yeah just messing around classic beginning to an american movie <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and one of the um one of the guys had a, a video camera mm -hmm. and we were just messing you know just doing cheesy theater kids 
stuff, you know, like filming spooky. each other doing like spooky. embarrassing singing and, you know, stuff like that. And um, at the end of my parents' garden is a little wooden, what they call a summer house, like a little shed with a little sofa in it. Gym. And it faces the back of the house. So you sit there and you're looking at the back of the house. So the sun went, sun had gone in. It's always a bit colder. So we all like squeezed, squished in there mm-hmm. and just like joking around, filming. And, um, you know, I was 16. So obviously all the lights in my house were on, you know, like I hadn't, <laughs> you didn't have, you weren't electricity price conscious. You know, I, hadn't, I hadn't considered any this, of that stuff. Is this the eighties or nineties? You know, we weren't. Oh, now you gotta, now you gotta make her tell her age. No, 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 no. I'm just saying at those, it those was... days, it wasn't that people weren't thinking about it that much. Especially I mean, I think I was just a teenager. Yeah, teenagers just don't think about it. Nope, they don't. They don't, don't tell Greta Thunberg. <laughs> they don't. Well, maybe Greta thinks about I it. Mean, actually, maybe teens nowadays. But mm. teen, yeah. Mm. So anyway, know. some of them. <laughs> my house was, you know, there was lights on in my house, and um, uh, yeah, we were filming, and one of the the guy holding the camera noticed something in one of the windows right mm. of my house oh. and initially it was like oh i could see something like the joke you know zooms in on this um side window it's got a, a blind down but it's like a a white blind so and it's your house silhouette. And the lights are on it yeah, is your house. house you recognize the window mm-hmm. and we're all just like watching not thinking that there's anything there because we're just joking around and we're filming mm-hmm. and a silhouette of a the perfect side profile of someone's face goes past the window. Oh my right? god! <laughs> so did you look around and check? Colin, are we, we all just friends? screamed. We all just screamed. <laughs> <laughs> and um, stopped filming. <laughs> Went back, watched it again. Right. Wait, wait, wait! Did you count so you all your friends? On film. We cut it. You film. were with all your friends. You counted yeah. them all. Okay. We were all there. Okay. No one was watched in the it house. again. It was the same, you know, it was this, it looked like a, yeah, it just looks like, like someone walking by the window, like a perfect side profile, like a head and shoulders. And um, so my, my first thought was some, you know, I've, I've left the front door open or something. You know, <laughs> someone's in someone's the house. in the house. Okay. Um, I wasn't thinking that it was a ghost or anything <laughs> like that. I was just thinking I've probably left everything open because I don't, you know, I hadn't been thinking about that. <laughs> so I was just really, I just thought it was someone actually in the house. So we have this back and forth. We're too scared to go in, but we need to go in. We're too scared <laughs> to go in. And then one of my friends, Jenny, got sick of us all and was like, right, I'm going in. <laughs> You're all ridiculous. <laughs> I like Jenny. And storms <laughs> And we're all like, oh, don't do it, Jenny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like in the horror films, we're yeah. like, don't go in the basement. And we left it to go down the main. <laughs> we could see her going past the windows. Jenny. And she's, um, and then eventually, like, we all follow her in. We go looking around and I check the doors. And I'm, I'm just, again, I'm still convinced that there was just, it was a person, but nothing mm. was taken. The door was the front door wasn't open. The side door wasn't open. But it was it wasn't locked out. What, locked? 
Uh, I think the front door probably, I can't remember. I think the front door probably was locked. The side door, maybe not. Mm. Um, but nothing was taken. There was stuff like there was a laptop in that room just on mm. the side. Mm. You know, like there was, nothing was disturbed. Nothing was taken. Even things that were very clearly on display, display and valuable. Mm. And so obviously our next conclusion was, well, was a ghost can you tell us a little about your parents house is it pretty old uh i don't know i mean i think originally oh well, at least at one point it was a guest house mm. because the, the the bedrooms all have their own sink <laughs> yeah. yeah and they all have um i don't know if they still do very now, useful. But they all had that. Num- they were numbered. Oh, that's a cute <laughs> detail. All, the rooms were numbered. So it's so a big like, house. So, like, at one point it had been used. Lots of people in and out. Um, yeah. So, a possible explanation is that we have neighbors right next to us, and their kitchen window. So, you've got like their kitchen window, and then we've got a window, our window is directly opposite. And then this was sort of this window where we saw this silhouette was to the side, mm-hmm. like at a ninety degree angle. So, oh. but we were wondering if there was some kind of a reflection, reflection. Oh. you know, someone was walking past the kitchen window, and somehow the shadow reflected onto that window. So that's a possible explanation, but mm. we'll never know. That's pretty spooky. Any mysterious crime. Uh, and I love that you caught it on camera. Is that footage still exist? I somewhere, but it wasn't my camera, so I don't have the footage. I think they recorded so. over it. Was it like VHS style? Oh, it was for VHS. Sure. Style. Yeah, <laughs> so it's probably been recorded over with like an episode of something. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, thank you, Megan. That was a great. Yeah, that was good. Time. It was a good Halloween one. I loved it. <laughs> I've had fun hanging out with you, Douglas. Like always. And me too, honey. All right, we bid you agur. Crimes of the Basque Lands is written and produced by Douglas D. Carvalho, Julie Garcia, and Megan Dooley. The sound and editing for each episode by Douglas D. Carvalho, and Megan Dooley. Theme song written by Douglas D. Carvalho, Julie Garcia, and Megan Dooley. Sung by the choir with no name and produced by Tom Squires. Podcast art by Distinct Signal. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Crimes of the Basklands and contact us at crimesofthebasklands at gmail.com with story ideas worldwide which have a connection to the Basque Country or any rave reviews. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, like, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, Agur! agur.